This podcast is brought to you by Laterno University. Laterno University is the Christian polytechnic university in the nation where educators engage students to nurture Christian virtue, develop competency and ingenuity in their professional fields, integrate faith and work, and serve the local and global community. Laterno offers more than 140 undergraduate and graduate degree programs across a range of disciplines and delivery models at Laterno's residential campus in Longview, Texas, and in hybrid and fully online options at centers in the Dallas and Houston areas. Online at letu.edu. That's letu.edu. Hey there, it's producer Michael Miracle here. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. We are your on-air resource as a workplace believer. And check out our website for tons more I Work For Him resources. We've got blogs and podcasts and reading material and all sorts of fun stuff there. Plus, a link to listen to the live show several times a day. Yep, head to the website. That's IWorkForHim.com. IWorkTheNumberForHim.com. And the listen tab's up there on the top left. Click that, then click the live link, and you can listen to us live every weekday. That's IWorkForHim.com. I work the number for him.com. And now let's go ahead and kick off what we all came here for, hearing more about connecting what we learn on Sunday with what we do in our nine to five. This is the I Work For Him podcast. Hey, however you're listening to the show today, just make sure you tell a friend, share it with somebody. Make sure you check us out online because you can always access I Work For Him 24 hours a day online at IWorkForHim.com. Martha, there's another way they can call us and leave us some perspective. They can. So they can call in to 866-713-9675. That's 866-713-WORK. And that is a great place they have up to a minute to leave a message. If there's something that they have a question about, we can certainly reach back out to you that way. Or if, um, you know, some of our shows, Jim, we give away copies of books. We um, have people call in to win for contests and enter for contests and things like that. So that's where they can do all of that. They can put us on speed dial. They could. 866-713-9675. All right. Just remember, as, as we broadcast every day it's so important to remember that your workplace it's your mission field and in that mission field you and me we may be the only jesus our co-workers and employees may ever meet that job that you hold in the work that you do and the people that you work with none of that is by chance the people that you work with they need to meet jesus and you may be their only chance we all have a calling have you heard this before A few of us get called to the pulpit and maybe a few to the foreign mission field, but the majority of us, we get called to our cubicles or maybe a ditch or a local parking lot near you. Whatever it is, your calling is important. Don't be mistaken that your work doesn't matter to God because your work, it does matter to God. All right, today we're talking with Danita Bai from North Dakota. (laughs) You may remember that Danita appeared on I Work For Him earlier this spring as we introduced her book, Millennials Matter. And we introduced that to our I Work For Him audience because it just, it's an incredible book on mentoring and discipling and feeding into the next generation, which we call the millennials. Well, just as it so happens, while Martha and I are in northern Minnesota today, Danita and her husband Gordon just had to be passing by on their way home from the Twin Cities to North Dakota. I begged her to stop in and say hi. Now I can't get rid of her. (laughs) So we decided to record a radio show. Now, that's not all true, but we did get to enjoy an amazing evening last night and great conversations, and we're just so excited to have Danita with us today. Danita is an influential leader who has a keen mind on what God is doing in the kingdom, and today the three of us will plow through what God has for her while she contemplates her next steps in life. Please welcome Danita Bai. 
to glad to be here glad to have you back it's amazing face to face martha that's more (laughs) it's more fun doing face to face radio but it's always okay just doing it absolutely danita for those people that didn't get to hear you back in may why don't you just share how did you come to be a follower of jesus well it's always stages uh the first time that i remember is i was eight years old and i went to bible camp Mm-hmm. And it was uh, Sunday evening. It's the very first service. And the pastor gave a call. And what do you know? I watched myself be the first one to walk to the front. Mm. And so that's the, that's the first kind of real memory that I had. Um, a couple of years ago, uh, for those who know me, know that I sometimes have Frank discussions with God. (laughs) And I had this discussion and I said, you know, I've been yours since I was eight years old. And I heard this voice say it was three. I'm like going, what in the world is that about? So I called my mom and I said, was there something that you can recall that happened when I was three years old? And she said, well, you know, we would have switched churches when you were three. And as I recall, I had as a three-year-old, um, I loved going to Sunday school. I guess at it, it preschool. Mm-hmm. And the pictures that I have in my mind is I would burst into this room and there was this wonderfully large woman <laughs> <laughs> who would greet me and then, you know, it was just filled with fun. And so my guess is that I somewhere as a three-year-old, I made some decision hmm that I wanted to follow Jesus Christ. And so as I began to process that, realized how important it is that we disciple even the preschoolers from the time they are in their uh, in their tummies Mm -hmm. that we begin to share the gospel and the love of jesus christ because those decisions that happen at that young age protect us in our entire life Mm. that's fabulous it is fabulous so talk to us about you've got kind of a storied career you've done a lot of amazing things you know since growing up in north dakota Talk, talk to us about how has god led you where has god led you these many years I, so for those who know North Dakota, I grew up in a 800 square foot homestead shack where there was no running water Hmm. and no television. I mean, this is out in the boonies. Right. (laughs) And um, I believe a pretty amazing thing happened. I had a God dream. When I was six years old, that I was a medical missionary in a foreign country. Hmm. I can picture it all right now. So from the time that I was first grade, all the way through college, I pursued a medical career. Hmm. Uh, Graduated from university, pre-med degree, and uh, in those days, you paid for your way to go on to medical school. Right. So I go, I need to work. 
So I began thinking about what are what are all the skills that I could bring to the workplace? And the only one that I came up with is that I could talk. <laughs> so I went down to the uh, university uh, placement and signed up for all the talking jobs. There happened to be this company called Xerox. I had no idea who they were. Um, but it sounded like it was talking. <laughs> so I started the interview process for um, uh, a sales position with Xerox. And if it's, it's another story, but they pursued me with a vengeance. And I said, no, there's no way I'm going to come to work with you because there's no connection between what you're doing, what you say you do in the business world, and this dream that God gave me to be a medical missionary. It was my last and final no at the uh, Northwest Bank, seventh floor of the Northwest <laughs> Bank building in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I walked out of that office into an empty waiting elevator. And as the doors closed, I heard this voice that went right to the core of my being that said, I need you to say yes. Hmm. And I said, no way. I'd had this dream, this vision. I had my life all planned out. Um, and then the Holy Spirit said, I'm calling you to be a missionary to the marketplace. Hmm. And I literally collapsed on the floor of that elevator because this was not even remotely close to what I had envisioned my mm -hmm. life to be. Mm -hmm. um, and the Lord has not released me from that call. That was a radical call. I mean, radical you'd never call. heard a sermon like that. No, never heard a sermon like that. <sighs> never heard a sermon like that. I mean, that was fantastic that you heard that you heard that voice. So did you push the elevator when you got to the bottom of the floor and you go back to the seventh floor and say, yeah, I had that wrong? I mean, how'd you, how'd you fix that at Xerox? You know what? It took me uh, the 15-minute drive <laughs> to my apartment. And at that point, that was before cell phones. So I actually had to like, dial. dial the number to Frank. And I said, Frank, I guess I'm coming to work with you. Wow. Danita wrote this book called Millennials Matter, and that's how we first met several months ago. Actually, beginning of the year, we got in touch with each other. Danita's from North Dakota. Don't hold that against her. North Dakota's <laughs> a fine place. When we moved away from Minnesota all these years ago, North Dakota had 300,000 people. Now, because of the oil surge, there went to 1.7 million people. Now it's down to, you said, about a million people? Oh, I think we're about 750,000. Lost a lot of people. The highways aren't near as crowded anymore in North Dakota as they used to be. But Danita has just really been following the Lord in the marketplace all these years. Danita, you mentioned that, that, that the Lord said, hey, you've got a calling to the marketplace. How did that play out? Because you've had a lot of interesting roles over the years. Well, I had a decade with uh, Xerox Corporation, which was a wonderful, amazing experience that God took me to to begin to train me. Uh, then we got involved in 
uh, as part of a turnaround management team for a medical device company in the Twin Cities. When we sold that, um, began looking at what does this next stage that look like? Mm -hmm. And I talked with a number of spiritual mentors and they said, you know, Danita, with your incredible business experience, as well as your heart for the Lord, you'd be a great executive pastor. And I thought, yes, I would. And that would be (laughs) double holy. I mean, that's really (laughs) holy, you know? Double holy. So I enrolled uh, in seminary. Bethel Seminary. Bethel Seminary and uh, started out the track. And the longer, you know, it's so interesting how how God works. While I was there, I picked up a book called Anointed for Business. By? Ed Silvoso. That's Mm. right. And I thought, wow. Here I thought you were really only anointed if you were going to be uh, a pastor or a missionary or something sacred. And this, the concept of being anointed for business just rattled my world. And the Holy Spirit used that to continue to refresh me that he had called me to be a missionary and a minister to the marketplace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is, and that mantle has not been released. Mm-hmm. So Continu- did you finish your degree, your seminary I did training? Finish the, I did finish okay. uh, the seminary training. I was in a, the program that, uh, I chose was transformational leadership, mm. um, and in our cohort of twenty-five people, there were a, most everybody had a, a a formal pastoral role, and there were a couple of us who came from the business background, mm-hmm. and I believe that I was good for them. <laughs> <laughs> And they were good for me mm-hmm. because you, be, as you begin to um, kind of wrestle with and to realize that all of life is spiritual, all of life is sacred, and that each one of us has been called to and anointed for wherever we are at work. It starts to shift the perspective. Yeah. Um, so that has so that training was um, critical for me, and it's very interesting as I look at Millennials Matter, the book that you wrote, the book that I wrote, because it's taking the transformational principles, the leadership and biblical principles, and have put them into a handbook mm-hmm. for the. Uh, average person the typical leader who's out there doing practical everyday leadership in ministry this is a practical handbook of taking those principles you say you think you were good for them talk talk to about that that cohort where where most of the people and a cohort just a group of people going through a program all together you talk about that uh 
you're in a room with a bunch of pastors, uh, people that are either pulpit pastors or administrative pastors, and you're exposing them to your call to the marketplace. How were you able, what kind of conversations were you able to engage them in with that perspective? That's a great question. Um, One of the things that Bethel Seminary has done, and I think a lot of seminaries are doing, is uh, uh, um, I call it kind of keeping the kooks out of seminary, that they have uh, a whole battery of assessments that they walk through. So, you know, you have the Myers-Briggs and uh, just a whole host of those. I, this is, people who know me don't find this hard to believe. I score very, very low on mercy. I'm shocked. (laughs) Very low on mercy. But she's also in good company, right? Yes, she is. (laughs) And very high on uh, accountability and results and uh, uh, strategy and things that maybe that pastors typically don't talk about. Mm -hmm. So, so I think that would be the place that there would be that I learned is to value everybody within the body and uh, the place that I can bring insight and perspective about, you know, let's move forward and, um, uh, and, and how, how do we, uh, maybe I don't want to say measure success, but there has to be more than just some touchy feely stuff as part of our strategy moving forward. And how do we as a church become, uh, external, externally focused, not just internally focused. One of the conversations that um, was a challenge to me, we were, uh, uh, we, we were waiting for the professor to walk into the room and I was overhearing two millennials in front of me. And one of them said, um, do you think those... Uh, uh, those people who go to the church out in the suburb, do you think they're really Christians? Hmm. And the other one said, I don't know. I've been thinking about that too. You know, they're so internally focused and they have hurting people right down the street from them, but they don't seem to be doing anything. The other one said, you know, it is, it's just really puzzling because when you look at scripture, uh, the, the people, the God lovers, the Jesus followers are always interested in the people on the margins and the people who are hurting. And I thought that was a conversation that rattled me because am I one of the people who's perceived as being internally focused and not reaching out and caring? And I recognize there's always a balance. Um, uh, But it was a a stimulation for me to make certain that I am living my faith in the workplace Mm -hmm. where the rubber meets the road. So that was the inspiration for me. Did you have any pastors challenge you that you couldn't possibly be anointed in the marketplace? I did. Uh, I actually, 
so I, I started out with the SEM program, and then I wanted to transfer into this uh, transformational leadership program. So I submitted up my application, and I got a reject button. And when I asked why, they said, because you're not in ministry. So then I, so 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 so, oh, I'd love so, to get so, an email so, like that one so day. then I went back to the drawing board and you know redid it and you know focused on how I see what I'm doing and resubmitted my application and reject you're not in ministry and I'm go okay okay I'm I'm gonna go for it again and. Uh, had determined that if I got a reject on my third application, that I was going to go to the president. And if needed, I would go to the board of trustees for the university. Because I am in ministry, I have been called to marketplace ministry. And it is also critical that we train marketplace ministers Mm -hmm. to rightly divide the word of God. Yes. I love that. Love that. As Martha and I are on location on Cass Lake in Cass Lake, Minnesota, as Danita Bai was heading back from the Twin Cities all the way to which part of North Dakota? The Northwest Corner. Does it have a name? The city you live in? A a town named Stanley, which is about 80 miles from the Canadian border, 80 miles from the Montana border out in our ranch and oil country. And you actually have hills in that part of North Dakota. We do have hills. <clears throat> Which Beautiful is like the only bluffs. part of North Dakota that's got any hills. Yes. North Dakota, look at your table right next to it. That's what North Dakota looks like. <laughs> Most of it. It is. It is a very flat state. Makes Iowa look hilly. Okay. I want to hear you, 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 Woman executive, you've had an incredible opportunity. Hang on a second. We she was going to submit for the third time for the program. Oh, that's right. We just got to know what happened. You, you know what? I, yes, I submitted the third time, and they said yes. Very good. You are welcome. So I didn't have to go all the way up. <laughs> they probably heard that you were going to do that. So they sensed that you were tenacious enough that that wasn't something. Okay, they third time's to deal a with. charm. There's our lesson for that one. <laughs> no. So you've seen a lot. How have as you got that seminary degree and did. So in the end, was it in transformational leadership? Yes, it was. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And you took that back into the marketplace. How did that biblical understanding that you now got, that theological training that you now have, how did that enhance your marketplace ministry experience? So what I have been able to do is to bring my core expertise and training from Xerox. I mean, Xerox at the time was known as training up the best salespeople uh, in the world. I mean, it's just absolutely incredible training. So I have that that process that comes together along with the uh, principles of transformational leadership. And the core of transformational leadership is that leadership flows from inside the leader. And flows out to every decision they make, every relationship, every role, every responsibility. Everything that a leader does comes from their core character and their core relationships. So the relationship they have with themselves, the relationship they have with God, the relationship that they have with their family and people in their lives. So that 
framework uh, began to shift my coaching and the consulting that I do with leaders. As when we, as I began putting Millennials Matter together. That's your book. Which is my book. People can get a copy online, DanitaBuy.com, right? <laughs> yes, that right. is right. The first section, the first third of the book is on the character of the leader and how we as leaders have an invitation to work, to build, nurture, mentor, disciple the character of our up-and-coming leaders. And that, that's one of the most important things that we do, is to mentor that. Uh, research into millennials says that um, 91% of millennials aspire to leadership. That is an open door for us to talk with them about issues of character. Hmm. Because we know that Every decision we make is a character-based decision. It sure. comes from our values, from our virtues. We've all experienced leaders now in the last 40 years that have risen to the top without any character or with poor character. Poor char- character and, flaws, and yeah, character chinks. And we all have character flaws, but to yes. see people that really lack any moral, solid character, and we've seen the devastation that follows behind them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And our, our, our millennials see that. And so when they are looking at us as mentors, they want to know how we have wrestled with those character issues because it is not easy for any of us. We are all human. And so uh, they want to know that we have wrestled with those issues and how we have are moving forward so do we get to actually talk about the book now as far as like who it's for and what well, it's all well. about it's, it's, and a big, it's a good time to do that <laughs> it's a good time to do that so so we've referred to it several times millennials matter and that is the book that you've just recently published it, mm-hmm. it came out last uh, December year. 12th yeah so um you referred to it earlier in the show as like a handbook. Yes. And so tell people why it's set up the way it's set up and who it's for. Well, the it is set up for the uh, the business, business leader who has a gazillion things on their to-do list to do for that day, for that week, and for the person who recognizes that along with that as part of their stewardship of their business, they also have the stewardship responsibility for the people mm-hmm. whom God has put in their care. Mm-hmm. Which is really a fairly new thought in business in the last decade, even. It is. I mean, most of the time people were looked at as a commodity. And they were, I mean, they were not looked at as a ministry and certainly not looked at as a responsibility, but yet our balance, our our profit and loss statements have shown for hundreds of years that our biggest investment is our people. Biggest investment is our people. And what, what I have observed with myself as I get so involved in hitting the number and, uh, you know, the results and 
you know, with all the things that are wrapped around business, that it can be easy for me to delegate handling the young leaders to someone else. Mm. Someone else is going to do that. I've got this meeting to go to. I've got this to do. I've got all these different types of things going on. So this is a call to myself as well as to other leaders that if you have a millennial leader in your life, the reason that person is there, that God has placed that person in your care is for you to invest in them as an emerging leader and to open your eyes to see it. Now, the next question people have was, well, what do I do? I mean, some of these people are really different. Oh, sure. You know, mm-hmm. what do I do? And so this is designed as... This book, the Millennials book. Matter by Danita Bai, which but, you can find online, DanitaBye.com, DanitaBye.com. You got to get a copy of this book. And it is filled with, you can open up to any page and you will find just a practical tip of something that you could talk about or work with as you're having a cup of coffee with your millennial leader. So it's very practical handbook. It's how to do it. And then on pages throughout the entire book, then a little perspective paragraph written by a millennial on the same subject. Yes. It was, where did you find all those? I mean, it, it, I mean did you just like hit up your kids and like, hey, kids, because you got millennial kids. Are all your kids millennials? <laughs> yes, they are. Okay. So it's like, okay. So kids, I need some perspective. Introduce me to your friends. I need to be able to interview them. Did your kids get to comment in the book too? Uh, I actually, my kids did comment on it. I thought I saw their names in there. Yes. So um, as I started working on the book, I got tremendous pushback from my colleagues who rolled their eyes at me. Danita, what, what does a baby boomer know about millennials? And I, I don't know, maybe they have... A good perspective. I don't know. So I gave the manuscript to 12 millennial leaders who I admire and asked them for feedback. And my instructions were, whatever comes to mind when you read a sentence or a paragraph, jot it down. Mm-hmm. It, whatever comes to mind. And um, I, get, I had 12 people review it. And um, I have included probably 90% of those comments Hmm. in the book. Wow. So, and in some places they have said, Danita, you're right on. And other places they have said, "Mm, Danita, here's some things that you need to know. For instance, one of the things that was a huge surprise to me, it... It's not a surprise, but it was just to see it in writing. We do not automatically respect you. In fact, we think that you, your generation, has caused the problems (laughs) in the world. So don't think that we are going to come to you and automatically respect you. You're going to need to earn it. That's important for us to know. Very important. And they were right. Because it is our generation that turned everything upside down. All right. So talk to me about this. In light of all the information God has given you, these millennials have given you about the millennials, 
Talk to the church. What is the message that the church, the body of Christ that's listening to this show today, needs to hear from Danita Bai about millennials? What is that message that God has given you? The first is that this is a test of our generation. Millennials narcissistic? I don't know. Baby boomers are pretty narcissistic also. We are so caught up in our agenda and Mm. we have worked our whole lives so that we can go golfing and we can go on cruises and we can travel the world and we have our agenda for what this retirement looks like in our Western culture. And I don't know if that's biblical. Okay, it's not. We already know that. It's, it's, not, it's not in the scriptures. There's nowhere in there that you retire. Oh, it's yeah. amazing, though, how many people, you know, just, assume, well, I deserve it. Or, you know, we've, we've convinced ourselves that okay. it's Absolutely. biblical. But in light of that information that it's not biblical, what are we supposed to do? Notice the millennials, the emerging leaders uh, that God has put into our life and to start to develop a relationship with them. Mm. Hmm. Hang out with them. Ask them questions. Earn their respect. It's a, to start the, the mentorship and discipleship process, it is relationship. That's what Jesus did. Jesus hung out. He had a lot of hanging. He had a lot of teaching time. He had a lot of hanging out time. For sure. Danita Bai online, DanitaBYE.com. Talking about her book, Millennials Matter. Talking about her story as an anointed marketplace worker, a marketplace missionary. Danita, I have this question. You know, we, we know you've got a passion about really this next generation. You know, we're, we're old Xers. You're a young boomer but that this next generation, we need to be feeding our lives into millennials. And you just said it, but we don't automatically get the respect. We need to earn that through relationship. But when you look at the greater picture, you've got incredible wisdom. You've worked with some fantastic companies. What's the most important message, the body of Christ, those listening here on I Work For Him and beyond, what is that message that you think the body of Christ needs to hear from you? What is the Lord laid on your heart that you need to broadcast? We serve the Lord. We worship the Lord 24-7. Everything that we do is to be worship and praising and serving the Lord. And there are some incredible, uh, first of all, that is not a message that we have heard within Uh, the body of Christ, historically. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember a number of years ago, uh, there was a a sermon series on uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2, which Mm -hmm. is some of my, I love, 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 be a living sacrifice. And uh, the first Sunday 
Uh, the first Sunday they did Romans a 12, 2 will be an eye work for him verse. <laughs> that's Don't right. copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way, way you, you think. think. We don't own the verse. No, we don't. That's but it right. Is, it <laughs> but is it, but we, <laughs> we it claim it. Work, it is eye work for him, core values. <laughs> so it resonates right. with us. That's right. Yes, Absolutely. That's awesome. And so the first, it was a series. The first Sunday, you know, they did an overview of the verse and it was great. And then the second Sunday, here's what they said. The most important part of the week, the highest praise, is that you would be here on Sunday morning. And I wept. I wept. I'm like going, it's all a praise, 24-7, everything that we do, how we treat the people in our life. How we, uh, for business owners, when you're looking at your financial statement, how do you make decisions? As you're uh, determining product lines and product services, um, uh, how does that match up to scripture? How does that reflect the character of God in everything that we do? It's all a service. Uh, And so... that is an area that uh, I struggle with. Uh, and I'll, when I was, I had a, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. So when I went to seminary, I was always thinking about, hmm, how can I get some quick, easy credits? <laughs> <laughs> so I came up with an independent study that I would take all these top business books uh, that, I'd been steeped in and knew, and uh, I was going to analyze them from a biblical perspective. Sure. So I sat down, uh, and I wrote it up. It was approved, and I thought... Okay, so what books did you pick out of, you know, general business books? You know, good to great. Okay. Uh, I had execution. um, Seven habits. Seven habits. You know, I had... All those, I had a stack of about five or six books. And um, and the reason this was going to be easy credits is I read those books. I knew them so I didn't have to reread them. <laughs> so I sat down in my dining room table to snap out this project. I had my business books on this side. I had my Bible and concordances on this side. And I had a mental block. And what I'd realized that for me, in my, I had neural pathways that were biblical, spiritual <laughs> pathways, and then I had this other pathway that was a business pathway. And even for me, I had not done the integration. To, mm-hmm. I, I, it, it was the toughest project that I did for seminary, the toughest project. And that's with me, who's been like passionate about this. Mm -hmm. For most of us, we just don't see that everything is integrated. It's an incredible challenge for us. So that's the message. Well, you know, going back to the, and that's a great message. And um, 
you said starting that off, you talked about Romans 12, 1 and 2, and the sermon that you heard. And many people would not even put it through the filter of work and have the feelings that you had. We would just hear it and go, okay, Sunday morning needs to be the most important thing. And we're not discounting Sunday morning, but does that make our work not important? Does it make, you know, we had a guest on the show, Jim, within the last month or so that said this very thing. He said, I wouldn't want to serve a God that didn't go to work with me. Wow. I was like, oh my word. And yet we all, we just live in this, this thought process that we're not even thinking, you know, about that when, when we're told Sunday's the most important. Okay. Sunday's the most important. So I guess, but what what we don't, what's not said in that is what's then second what's third what's right. you know and and god doesn't see it that way he does not see it and, that way and so that's that shift even for you even though you had god had spoken to you decades earlier about being a missionary in the marketplace even you saw that disconnect and i i'm glad you said that because we find often that little things are you know get into our thinking and we go oh my word i had not thought about that so we are talking today with Danita Bai. We are so glad that you're here. We're talking about your book, Millennials Matter. People can get that on your website. And it's really for the person out there who has any millennial of leadership potential even that they can use this handbook to help guide them through mentoring that millennial. Is that a fair way to say it? Including okay. parents, oh, grandparents, yes. teachers, and amazingly, uh, this has also been picked up by uh, a university to be used as part of their leadership curricula. Fabulous. Oh, well, it congratulations. Will, it will not be just one because and, when that gets out there, people will go, oh, somebody wrote a book. You know, this we, is the answer. And we talked about that before with the <clears throat> grandparent idea. If you oh. want to be the best grandparent ever, get to understand where the kids are coming from. And this is a great tool for that from a, a great perspective. When often as parents, we don't get the opportunity to mentor our own kids, but they have friends. And we can feed our lives into our, the, our kids' friends. And then our kids are like, hey. How come you're feeding into them? What about me? What, what am I, chopped liver? So say, and grandparents, now the grandparents can do the grandkids, but parents to do your own kids, sometimes there's that, now nah, you're still stupid, mom and dad. I don't want to listen, but my friends will listen. All right, so here's here's a question. I mean, the book is fantastic. You got to get a copy, DanitaBy.com, DanitaBye.com. Here's a question. Do you see yourself as a world changer? I do. Um, I... The uh, most every morning, unless I'm rushed and kind of off, uh, is that I'm reminded that I believe that we live a seven plus seven life. Um, And the seven has to do with the seven continents of the earth. And there's actually a special oil that I have, a special anointing oil. It's called 7 Plus 7 Anointing Oil. And it was used at the Global Day of Prayer in China. Maybe, I'm not certain how long ago that Global Day of Prayer in China was. Maybe Mm. seven, uh, maybe 10 years ago, something like that. So I actually get that oil in every day. I give myself a little anointing. That's awesome. (laughs) How do you think God's going to use you to change the world? You know, my uh, the way that I see it is as I 
uh, interact with each person. Mm-hmm. And I am faithful to the stewardship of each person that I'm interacting with, that I trust God that there will indeed be a ripple effect from that. Amen. And well, that's you look how at, I can walk out. Look at the people you're mentoring by helping them to mentor millennials. I mean, that's right. exponential. So I just have to go back seven plus seven life. Se- What's the other seven? Uh, you know what? Seven continents. So, so, so in this anointing oil, there are seven different oils. Oh, okay. There are seven different oils that... From seven different continents. From seven different continents that talk about the healing of the nations. Got it. Which will happen through the seven mountains of cultural influence. So it's all about the seven, which is a God number. It is a God number. (laughs) (laughs) Danita Bai, it's been wonderful having you back on iWorkRim. Excited to see what God's doing. Can't wait to see what God does next. But just remember, you heard it here first on iWorkForHim. Make sure you check out Danita online, DanitaBai.com, DanitaBye.com. Get a copy of her book, Millennials Matter, right there on her website, DanitaBye.com. Martha, another fun conversation. For sure. We love our millennials. So yes, we do. Let's, let's mentor them well. That's right. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field. But ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.